Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. And God been stirring me for the last couple of weeks because I knew we were coming. I'm going to deal with something today. I think it's going to set some people free. This could be one of the most liberating uh, services and messages you've ever heard. Uh, because it's something that we all deal with, and that is being offended. Did I pull in the right church today? And um, I know the sign ain't out, yeah, out front, and you might have pulled in another church, but this is River of Life. We're going to be led by the Spirit. Even though the flesh is weak, the Spirit's willing. And the goal of, of being a Christian and the goal of the Holy Spirit is to make each and every one of us, here it is, an overcomer. Not a just hanging on till I get through and overcomer. And one thing we've got to learn to do is overcome offenses. Tell your neighbor it's going to be good. So here we are in Acts chapter 15. We come across two heavyweights in the New Testament that had a little disagreement. You ever have a disagreement with somebody? Spirit-filled apostles... One is nicknamed the encourager. He's such a positive and encouraging brother. They said, your name's no longer going to be Joseph. We're going to call you Barnabas because Barnabas means encourager. Him and the great apostle Paul get in such a heated debate that they part ways. We're going to see what happened. Inquiring minds want to know. Y'all remember that? Some of you are like, what? No, okay. Chapter 15, here we go, verse 36. Then after some days... Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Great idea. Led by the Spirit. No doubt that was an ideal from the Lord. As you read the next couple of chapters, you're going to see that that was of the Lord. I'm going to talk next week about demons, dreams, and detours. That is something that the Lord put him on this path and it led him into all kind of things spiritually. This was of God. Verse 37, Barnabas was, said, yeah, I'm down with it. But he was determined to take this guy named John, also called Mark. They call him John Mark. He is Mark, the one that wrote the gospel according to Mark. And then, but Paul said, you know what? He insisted that they should not take with them this one because he had departed from them earlier when they were on another missions trip at Pamphylia. And he had not gone with them to the work. So Paul didn't like Mark. Mark was a quitter. Mark bailed on him. Mark couldn't handle the ministry. Mark got a little offended. He got a little scared. And he left him and bolted. And it left him by himself doing ministry all by himself. And has anyone ever bailed on you after they committed to be with you? That's what happened to Mark here. The contention in verse 39 became so sharp that they parted from one another. Mm. Barnabas took Mark. Might mention it's also his cousin. Hmm. But he took Mark with him. And he went ahead and went and did what he wanted to do. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. I want to talk this morning for a few minutes about what happens when you might have been stepped on but you're not going to step out. I want to talk about being stepped on, 
But I'm wondering if you have the attitude that says, even though I've been stepped on, I've been abused, misused, mistreated, talked about, people have talked about me, have turned on me, have hurt me, but I'm determined, even though I've been stepped on, I'm not going to step out today. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to step on you. And you know what? To be honest with you, you're probably going to step on somebody else. Paul and Barnabas stepped on one another. Their visions, their, their ideas, their philosophies hit one another and they stepped on one another, but they did not step out. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray your anointing to continue to be with me. Help me, Father, this morning to communicate what the Holy Spirit would want us to hear. And Lord, I pray everyone would have the ears and the heart to receive the word today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. You must understand a couple of things as I get going the, that we all will have to deal with being offended. We are going to have to. We know that today, uh, I would even say that if you are on social media, it is the source of m most of our contentions and disagreements. Wouldn't you agree? And I love, you know, more and more people are kind of monitoring it or getting off. I love what Michael Todd, pastor of uh, Transformation Church, he just went and bought a flip phone. He said he's done. He's done with the smartphones. And uh, he said it purposely would limit his ability to get on and spend so much time and all of that. And, and I honor him as a leader in the Christian world to make that public and to say, hey, I want to I help you something. You don't have to have uh, all of these social media platforms. You, you really don't. You really, you'd be surprised if you would just kind of turn some of those off. I mean, I know I have. And let your spirit and your emotions heal from everything that we just constantly. But you could get offended. Everybody gets to fit in on social media. I can post today that I love bananas more than strawberries. Guaranteed. Especially if I go on Twitter, someone would say, oh, so what you're saying, Pastor Eddie, is you hate strawberries. You hate strawberry farmers. Do you know how important strawberry farmers are? Why didn't you mention grapefruit? Do you know how important grapefruit is to the diet of the human being? And you're going to say that you, love, that you love bananas. How dare you? We all know that's a joke, and there's some things that are even more serious than that, and relationships have been broken. So this whole idea that God has given me at the first of the year is to unite as we arise in Exodus 2020 has been something I want to constantly try to keep in front of us as a church and as a body that even though we're trying to come out of 2020-ish, we still uh, have some issues that we got to deal with. And I, I want to talk about that, especially with offenses. The enemy will try to offend us every opportunity that he can. Do you believe that there is an enemy? When I say the enemy, the Satan, uh, Lucifer, a fallen angel, the, he is this simply the source of, of evil. That's what he is. The Bible calls him. He's the source of evil in this world. And he's against everything that has to do with the light, and, and including God's people. And being offended is one of his best weapons, man. And he will try to get us offended for a couple of reasons. One of them is to steal our joy. Because you cannot be happy and offended at the same time. And do you know that how important joy is? The Lord, I'm a minister, I'm going to preach on that during Christmas. The Bible says this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Did you see how important uh, joy is? It's your strength. You don't, you find a sad Christian, you'll find a weak Christian. One thing I've noticed is that Usually the people that have a hard time staying happy are also the same people that are very easily to be offended. 
In my life, I've noticed when I'm not happy, it's usually because I've been offended. So that's why I wrote down there in your notes that if you will make it harder to be offended, it would become easier to stay happy. That's worth coming to church for, right? Some of you already, you can go home. I can dismiss you in Jesus' name. It's that easy. If we would just learn to make it harder to be offended, it would be easier for us to stay happy. That's good preaching. That's good work. That's a good word. But the big reason why the enemy wants us to be offended is this right here is because usually when you're offended, you'll quit. And he knows that the only thing that he has to do is to get you to quit because the only thing we have to do is win is not quit. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the most educated, the most talented, the most anointed, the best looking, someone with all of the answers. All you have to do is refuse to quit and you win. Oh, that's so good. Are you with me today? All you got to do is say, hey, I might have been stepped on, but I'm not going to step out. I'm still going to worship. Even if I'm in the fire, he's in the fire with me. Even if none go with me, yet I will follow. I'm not going to step out. Come on, somebody. I preach it to you today. That's all you got to do. That's what the Holy Spirit is all, all about. It's just keeping us to continue to move forward. But offense... One Christian writer says this, that offense will snuff your torch. It's a good picture to imagine what he does. So I want you to see in this story, and a lot of times when this is preached, I know I have earlier ministered on this, and we deal with the offense and Mark and all of that. We'll get to the end. I'll get to the what happened to that in the end. But here's the main point that I want you to see, hence the title of the message. Even though Paul and Barnabas had contention, and it was very sharp for them to go two ways. I want you to notice that it still did not stop them from carrying out the mission. That I, I want you to see that. Paul said, hey, I still have this idea to go back to all the other churches. And just because I'm offended and just because everybody on my team abandoned me and just because this person didn't join me, just because this person didn't join me and we didn't agree philosophically and on our styles of ministry and our, our vision, I'm still going to do what God has put in my heart to do. Are you picking up what I'm laying down this morning? I need you to see that. Have you ever had to work? Have you ever had, have you ever been offended by somebody who you had to go back to work and be with them? Have you ever been offended by somebody, but yet you got to still go back to that family gathering? You got a family gathering coming. Oh Lord, they're going to be there. And the last time we talked, in fact, we didn't talk face to face. It got ugly on social media, but you know, so-and-so was going to be there. This is a message for you today. Because we all have them, people. And you know what? It's amazing. Many people, even many adults and parents are in this situation now listening to me that for the sake of the kids, you're going to stay civil. And that's good. That's an excellent idea. Many of, you, many of you are walking that out right now. Let me just tell you that, please, for the love of God, for the sake of the purpose that God has on your life, let's continue to do what God's called you to do. That's the message today right there. Somebody needs to hear that. Maybe you're tempted to walk away or to quit pursuing the Lord. I'm going to show you today, if there was only a way to build up immunity. If there was only a way that you could build up immunity against being offended so easily. Is there a shot or is it natural? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. There is a natural spiritual practice 
that will help all of us build up immunity against being offended. And it's in the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. That's still the book for me. Stand up on the word of God. Bible. Amen. Wednesday, we were doing Father Abraham. I love this church. So for whatever reason, many think it's because the Lord was on agreed and gave favor to Paul. But the narrative from this disagreement follows Paul and not Barnabas. Don't know. But we do have Paul's examples in scripture. And he's getting ready to give us some things that he does to build up immunity. But first, I want to give a little context real quick to let you know who we're dealing with when we take advice. I think it's important that you look at the person that's trying to give you advice and look at their life and and see what's going on in them. Amen. I don't really want to be told by someone how to parent my kids unless they got parent, unless they're a parent themselves. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, the same thing. I mean, if if you got a healthy marriage, then I want to hear what you got to say about healthy marriages. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I know we can learn from our mistakes, but uh, a lot of what where you are right now, Jesus said, look at people's fruit. Amen. And that's 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 very important. So look at Paul. He knows how to be offended and to go through conflicts. He knows how to be stepped on, but never stepped out. Second Corinthians 11, this is one of three lists that Paul gives us a little peek of his life of being this great apostle. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. That's a fancy way of saying I was beaten with 39 lashes. In the Jewish law, if anyone was struck 40 times, it was against the law. You could not hit no one 40 times with lashes. So they would, if they really hated you, they would go to 39 If you got caught stealing, maybe that was five. If you talked back to your mom and dad, maybe that was ten. We don't do that here, so don't even get that in your mind. Amen. (laughs) But if you did something serious, the Jews would give you the max, which was 39. Five times he was physically beaten because of his faith in Christ and for just trying to live a Christian life. Three times he was beaten with rods. Have you ever been beaten with a metal rod? By people who hate you three times publicly. You know what happens when you get hit with a piece of metal? It bruises your bone. Have you ever had a bruised bone? It hurts. It hurts very bad. He says, once I was stoned, picking up rocks, and they stoned the guy. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I drifted in the sea. Wow. On frequent journeys, in dangers of rivers, dangers of robbers, dangers from my own people, people that I trusted, people that were from my background and watched me be uh, educated in the world of Judaism and and all these years and and lunches together and dinners together and harvest fests, volunteering together, serving on teams together. And they turned on me when I began to go after God with all of my heart. I've had it happen to me, Paul said. Frequently in journeys and dangers in rivers, um, dangers of Gentiles. Those that were not with me, they turned on me. Danger, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at the sea, dangers from fake brothers. You ever have somebody that's fake? Many sleepless nights. Everybody said amen to that. <laughs> I just sleep last night. Amen. This kind of encouraged me, is me, though. This is an anointed apostle who had to deal with some of this. Sleepless nights, oh yeah, hunger, thirst, often without food, cold, and exposure. And apart from everything else, the daily pressure that is on me and my anxiety. Look how transparent the Bible is. This great apostle who we say, I can't live this Christian life because I'm not, I'm not like Jesus. Well, this is a front row seat to the greatest apostle who has ever lived. And he's telling you that he has experienced everything we have in this room today and watching online and even more. 
But yet, let me tell you, at the end of 2 Timothy, when he writes, he says this to the young Timothy. He said, I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I've been stepped on, but I didn't step out. I might have lost a few things, but I didn't lose my faith. I might have lost some close friends, but I didn't lose my faith. Somebody needs to hear this today. I might have lost everybody in my circle, but I'm standing here today to tell you, I haven't lost my faith. Haven't lost it. Been beaten. Why did God allow me to be shipwrecked for three times? Well, God, I'm your apostle. Remember me? You appeared to me. You called me, and you're going to abandon me like that. That's not Paul. He said, I don't understand everything, but I haven't left him. I haven't lost my faith. i got to get into this. How did he do it? We get a front row seat to his life, but we also find out how he did it. Verse 24 is the key verse. King James, I love it. It says it like this. Heroin, do I exercise? Everybody say exercise. I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. We just talked about conscience. See how important it is? He said, I exercise. So in other words, there is some exercises. There is a way in the Greek word, it means just what it does in English. It means a practice, a consistent repetition to build strength. It's exactly what that mean, word means. Uh, year, when I was 14 years old, I went deer hunting for the very first time and I, I fell and, and I hurt my back and pretty seriously as a young teenager. So ever since then, my back will go out. And I work very, always hands-on kind of work at the marina, construction, warehouses, even delivery guys. You got to load and unload your truck. So it was always moving. A lot of times early in the morning, my back would go out all the time. And when it goes out, it would take your breath. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Drop you to your knees. And I went to my doctor, and, and doctor, my doctor said, you know what part of the problem is? You, you got this injury that that's as best it's going to get, and you got to nurture it. But she says, you know what your real problem is to keep you from constantly going, your back constantly from going out? She says, your stomach muscles need to be strengthened. I just gave somebody some good advice. <laughs> she said, the stronger your stomach muscles are, now this was just for me and my injury, it would, it's going to help your back from going out. You got a weak stomach. You got to tighten that up. You got to get that six pack. Well, I got like a, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> A two liter of rock and rye. 40, I don't know what you got it. It was not a six pack, so I had to strengthen that up. Listen, same thing if you've ever been to PT. You have an injury. Y'all know it. You've been hurt. What does that doctor do? He goes right for that injury. He gets you walking again. He gets you moving that arm again. Is it, do you love doing it? Are you like wanting to buy your doctor uh, a, a gift? No, you want to rip his face off. Matt Ban, right, brother? He works in that field. He's a guy that does that. And, it's painful to move. It's been where you're injured because you have a tendency to do this. Spiritually speaking, it's the same exact way. The enemy knows he doesn't matter how strong you are, how knowledgeable you are. If you're blazing a trail for Jesus Christ and he can't tempt you into the flesh, he's going to say, I'm going to get them offended because it's going to injure them and put them out of the race. Paul said, I got a way. 
He wrote again in Ephesians, we got to be wiser than the schemes of the enemy. And Paul right here says there's a way that you exercise. you got to build up some strength muscles. you got to build that stomach up. you got to build up uh, your faith and your ways of God. Because so, offenses are going to come. They will come from me, from everyone that's around you. And those that are in your circle, the closer they are, the deeper the wound. The closer they are, the deeper they will. So you will have this happen. It may not be a serious one, but if they're in your circle close enough, it's going to feel serious one, and it'll put you out of commission. Well, God wants us to build some exercises today. That's what I'm trying to tell you, that there's a way to overcome these, uh, this being offended. Are you ready? Here's three of them, three exercises to build up your strength. As I begin to look through, there may be plenty more. These are ones that God has put on my heart. These are the ones I've been practicing personally and, um, um, and so I want to let you know today. Number one, this is so good. Please, this is good. Number one, lower your expectations on all people. Right. A little teaching right here in a moment. This is serious, though, because people sometimes get caught up in our emotions when it comes to these things. And we're not thinking right when, we may, when we're not walking in our emotions. But lower your expectations. Paul did this. Jesus did this. And I said all people because sometimes those that are closest to us that are in our circles, we seem to have a higher level of expectation on them. Family members, mom and dad, kids, grandparents, pastors, bosses. We seem to automatically, and I you know it's, it's kind of one of those things where you should honor those and honor your parents, but it, it, it's a tricky thing. But here's a quick little trick. If you just lower our expectations on them. Jesus did this, a scripture that's helped me in ministry. I give this to young ministers, old ministers, anyone enter into the ministry. This is for everyone. Jesus did this in John chapter 2. He said, but Jesus did not entrust his life to them because he knew all men. He did not need anyone to testify about mankind for he himself knew what was in mankind. Jesus would not entrust himself to anyone because he knew what was in man. That's what that scripture means. No matter how good your relationship may be with someone in your family or your circle, I'm telling you, no matter how close Paul was to Barnabas, they got into a heated uh, battle. But you're going to see how it worked out at the end because they learned we can't let people have that much power over us. You understand that? You, you don't let, when you, when you put these high expectations on people, you ever hear people say this? Man, the, the church, the world treated me better than the church did. And some of you that went through the life group that we had here about the bait of Satan by John Brevere, outstanding book, outstanding life group, you already know this. Something I heard him teach, and this is something I'll never forget. He says, we say that because we have a higher expectation on the church than we do on the world. That's exactly what that means. And it happens when you become a Christian, you come into the church world, people are just different, they love on you, they say they love you, and, and so we automatically begin to raise our expectation. Don't raise it too high is all I'm saying. Because we know that all people, I love what Tim Delana said. He says, the best of men are just men at best. I love that. That's the best way to say it. The best of men are just men at best. Paul, as amazing as he is, he was just a man. Barnabas, as awesome as he was, he was just a man. And there's something that happens when we begin to put leaders and people in our circle on a higher level than they should be. Lower their expectations, please, on people. It will help you. It's the way you build up exercise. Well, I expected them to. No, 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 I know. And people will disappoint you. 
And there is a certain level of expectation that you should have from the house of God. But if we're getting offended all the time, check and see our expectation on them. Good preacher, Pastor Reddy. Amen. Move on. The other two I really want to talk about. Number two, raise your level of gratitude. This is something I've been doing the last couple of years. I never heard this before, but it's something that has worked. Because when we are offended, when you and I are offended, we have a tendency to shut down. That's exactly what this message is. When you're stepped on, you want to step down. Pastor, I just want to step down. Now, God's called you to whatever. I'm not saying that's always a situation, but many times it is. You find out months later, oh, they were offended. Because when we get offended, we shut down. What is raising gratitude is? There's a scripture in Proverbs that says this. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. When somebody gets offended, the bars go up. The bars go up. There's another scripture that says, Any man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. But when we're offended, the bars go up, we go right into our corners, we stand right there, and we're just watching. And the contention, the disagreement becomes like iron bars. You can't get through it. You ever try to minister to somebody who's been offended and you try to go back and apologize and they're just like, Mm-mm. they've been offended that much. That's what's happening. That's exactly what happened. you got those iron bars that are right there that are just shutting them down. Just shutting them right down. There's no flow. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no vision. There's no excitement. There's no fire. There's no passion. They're an isolated city way over here. And you try to talk to them and you can't get past those bars. What happens with gratitude? Gratitude begins to set you free from that. Gratitude, because when you're like this, you can't give praise to God. You're, you're in your city. When you begin to give God praise, when you begin to thank Him, when you begin to say, God, I'm going to just give you praise, I'm going to give you worship, and you begin to reach out to Him, and you begin to look and help others, and you start to worship and give, have a spirit of gratitude, that is a way for you to exercise against being offended. I know it's something that we don't think a lot about. When my uncle passed away, after praying for him for two years with ALS, the family, everyone in his world was just shocked. It was, uh, man, I was used to praying for him every morning. Every morning I prayed for him. But you know what I've been praying recently since that happened? I've been saying, God, thank you that he's free. Thank you that you did heal him. Thank you that he's in the in your presence. He has no more ever going to worry about suffering. No more ever will he even experience any bit of pain. And sincerely from my heart, I begin to just thank him. And let me tell you something. That begin to just set me free. It begin to lift my heart, those iron bars. Because you can even get offended at God. Because we have such an expectancy sometimes on God. Which we're supposed to have. I know it's one of those funny things. But when it comes to God and expectancy, sometimes we just need to expect that the way he sees things is differently than the way we see things. And that's where it's going to take really faith to get in that. But Jesus did this when he lost his cousin, John the Baptist. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 14 that he tried to go to an isolated place and pray, but the crowds kept coming to him. And it says, when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Here's Jesus who was tired, who was just so just overwhelmed at the news that John had died. And then he wanted to retreat, 
He wanted to be in, in, in isolation, but the crowds kept coming. In fact, the disciples said, Jesus, do you want us to tell him to go so you can be alone? You can grieve your John the Baptist's death? And the Bible says, no. Jesus said, no. He looked and he saw and he had compassion on him. He demonstrated to us that sometimes being isolated can become lethal. Sometimes being lonely, you can become lethal. You can become lethal being lonely. But Jesus said there's another way that you can overcome offenses. There's another way that you can overcome when you feel like you've been stepped on. And that is to give God the praise, to raise your level of gratitude. See, I'm going to serve anyway. I'm going to show up anyway. I'm going to worship you anyway. I'm going to have compassion on my enemies anyway. Do you know Jesus never told us to pray for our mom, pray for our dad, pray for our friends? Not one time does Jesus say, I tell you verily, verily, I say unto you, pray for your friends. He says, I tell you. You guys know what I'm going to say? Pray for your enemies and those who spitefully use you. It's in red. Why did he say that? I looked. He did not tell me to pray for my mom. We should pray for my mom and your mom. Pray for our loved ones in our circles. But Jesus knew that to keep the bars of offense, this is so good, off of you, and to keep you from turning hatred towards someone is you pray for them. You pray for them. You cannot try it. You cannot be mad at them and keep praying for them. You will the first time. God, I pray you just bless them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right, I did, Pastor Eddie. I feel the same. Do it again. Do it again. We tell you to keep believing God and go back for the miracle. I'm telling you, keep praying for your enemies. And I mean you begin to pray for them. Begin to pray that God will bless them with that thing that you're believing God would bless you with. Whoa. Oh, Pastor Eddie, I can't. I know you can in the flesh, but you've got something in the New Testament that nobody ever had in the Bible. You ready for it? It's a word you may not understand and associate it with what I'm telling you, but it's exactly what it is why God gave us to us for us to be able to live this kind of life. Are you ready? It's grace. It's grace because we have received. That's why Paul said, do not receive the grace of God in vain. A person who won't forgive is somebody who forgot what they were forgiven of. When I don't forgive, and if it feels good to be angry, oh, it feels so good to be mad at them. I'll pray for them, all right. I'll pray a semi-truck. But when the Holy Spirit says, don't you be praying that. I love them just as much as I love you. I died for them just like I died for you. They are broken, deceived, and in bondage, and they they are captive, and they're going to die and go to a hell for eternity. And when you get to heaven, all this stuff, no matter how serious it is, five seconds in heaven, you will not even remember the most horrible abuse that you might have faced on this planet. Let me tell you, once you get on the other side, it's over. It don't matter. It don't matter. But you pray for them, for you, more for them. That's why Jesus said, pray for them. I know we're tired and this is like, wow, really? He's preaching that. This is going to help you because I want you to last. I want you to make it. I don't want you to be another MIA, another Christian that's, oh, they started out well. They were blazing a trail, man. They were serving. They were here. They were doing everything for God. They were loving Jesus. They were worshiping so good. Where are they at now? Oh, they're out hanging out at the bar. They're hanging out over here. And, they, you know, they don't lost everything. They're, they're, every time you talk to them, it's just toxic. It's just like bitter, table for one, just angry. This is the way you exercise it. I know it hurts, but so does that PT. You got to work that injury. You got to work that injury. Begin to God, give God, give God 
thanks for it. Thanks for his grace towards you. Thank you for your grace, God. I don't understand that person. He made me mad. He made me angry. They hurt me, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to raise my level of gratitude. And lastly, and this is where I really want to dive down on, is don't collect rocks. Can you bring that to me, uh, Kavar? Don't collect rocks. We're going to have an old-fashioned stoning today. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a joke, okay? I'm not really going to. This is something that is new to me that I have heard another pastor, Greg Rochelle, minister on something similar to this. And as he's, I love being under anointed, the anointing. You can have someone singing a song, preaching on family or something, and the Holy Spirit will just come right in and talk to you. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know what I'm talking about? That's the anointing that does that. That's the anointing that does that. You can read the scripture in the Bible and it says something to you. Five years later, you read it again. It says something fresh. That's the anointing of God. And I always called this, uh, I'm going to tie it together, but he called it rocks. And then I begin to get this idea. What is a rock? A rock, oh, I have my hands. Okay, this is going to be different. This is like a grudge. Rocks are like grudges. And when I say don't collect rocks, don't collect grudges. What is a grudge? I had to go back and look it up. We know, you know, we know it and we say it all the time, but it, this is exactly the definition of a grudge. It's the feeling of ill will towards someone or resentment from a past insult or injury. It's a feeling of ill will. You say that person's name. Mm. What happens is you've picked up a rock, just like I have, from that person. Oh, you said you like bananas more than strawberries. And I love strawberries more than bananas. That's silly, but... Oh, you voted for that candidate. Oh, oh, you believe that about masks. Oh, you believe that about vaccines. You believe that about whatever. And then we start collecting these rocks. And every time you see them or hear them, you begin to say, now, we're way too Christian to throw these rocks. We ain't going to throw no rocks. You're saved. You're a Christian. We don't throw rocks, Pastor Eddie. But I'm going to hold on to them just in case. I'm... Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to throw a rock at you, brother. I love you with the love of the Lord. But I got this issue with you. You didn't invite me to the movies. I've seen you on Facebook go. You went to my favorite restaurant and you went with some of them. I got three rocks with their names on them and you didn't even invite me. I'm going to have to pick up a whole bunch of more rocks. That's a big one right here. You gave so-and-so what? You gave them a gift? You're supposed to give me that gift. I've been, I've been serving the Lord longer. I've been your friend longer than that. And without even knowing, we start picking up these rocks. And, and, this, is, and this is what I mean. We're not going to throw them at I, I, have, I had mine before the Holy Spirit set me free. And we're going to get some of you set free today. It's going to be a rock-throwing service. Yes. Yes. A rock-dropping service, I meant to say. <laughs> but this is what happens. And you need to see what happens to you when it comes time to worship. Oh, the music's starting. That's my song. This is our worship right here. I know I need to get in the Word. I ain't been in the Word in a while. But... 
just, I'll just, just tell me what it was. I know I should be praying for someone, so I need to go give him a gift, or I need to talk with him, take him out to lunch. But I know I need to be spending time with my kids, but trying to play the ball, throw the ball around with them. But my hands are full, so I'm with my kids, but they're not getting the best of me. They're not getting my undivided attention because I can't stand that person, and I feel that rock, and I'm carrying it's getting heavy, and I don't care. I know I should be reading. I know I should be loving people, but. I'll talk with them. I'll tolerate them. I'll tolerate them. But I ain't going to love them. I know God's loved me and that sounds good. I believe that, but no, I like my rocks. Listen, we all have these rocks, church. We all have these rocks. And I know there's people that don't like you that has a whole lot of these rocks and they may throw them at you. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the people that has received an unshakable kingdom and a promise. Your name is written down. The blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit of God that moved upon the face of the earth and spoke this world into existence. That same power works inside of each and every single one of you and me. Therefore, we have been called to do something with these rocks. Now, there's nothing behind the scenes that I'm trying to get to at River of Life. We're a very healthy church. This happens to just be where we are in Acts. So if this ain't you, brother, then put it on a shelf because sooner or later, I'm sure you're going to pick up a couple rocks. The holidays are coming and Uncle Crazy Joe is going to be there. I'm just telling you right now. I'm sorry, Joe. I know it's always Crazy Joe. In my family, we have no crazy uncles. Even my nieces and nephews, they have no crazy uncles. I'm going to close with this. Worship team, are you ready? Come on, this serious. I begin to say, God, what are we supposed to do with this rocks? And in John chapter 8, we have that story. Remember when that woman's caught in adultery? They bring her, and the Bible says they picked up their rocks, and they were going to stone her. You guys know what he said. Jesus wrote something in the ground, and he said, those of you without sin, cast your first stone. And the Bible says every single one of them, every single one of them said, okay, look how free, man. Do you know how free I am right now? You know how free I am right now? Come on, somebody needs to get this today. Oh, I can give you more scripture. First Corinthians says, oh, that love keeps no record of wrong. It says, you don't, you don't hold stones. Oh, but they did this to me. I know, I know. But we got to get to the place where we see ourselves. It was my sin that put Jesus on the cross, not yours only. But it was mine too. It was mine too. It was mine, my sin. I own it. It was my sin. Me. My brokenness did it. He came and he died for me. It was my sin that God of the universe became human and got his beard plucked out and was spit in his face because of Eddie Markham, because of me. Not because of Adolf Hitler. Not because of this person, not because of that person. He did it for me. And until you and I come to that reality, you're going to hold on to your rocks, brother. I don't care what kind of illustration I use. I don't care what kind of thing I come up with. You're going to live the rest of your life walking around holding these rocks. And it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your ministry. 
And you're going to wonder, God, I'm going to every class. I'm going to every school. I'm going to every place I go. Yeah, but your arms are full of rocks everywhere you go. And I can't use somebody who's offended. Because you what will happen is when you get under the anointing and you're offended, it's going to come out. It'll come out. Because you didn't go through the storm, the storm got in you. In every relationship you get into, in every circle you get into, in every relationship you get into, that storm begins to get into them. Why? Because you got to drop them rocks, brother. I didn't think I had any until I got along with God. I said, I've been doing pretty good. I know all about the beta Satan. I can teach it right now. He brought one name up to me. And as a pastor, it's a trick. You won't learn this in ETS, guys, but you got to, as a minister, as a leader, you got to learn to, de- to develop, listen, tough skin, but maintain a soft heart. That is the trick of ministry that many don't do. You have to develop tough skin, but the gentle heart, because people will make you mad. People who you pour your life into will look right at you like Jesus did on John chapter 6 and many turned away from him he turned right around I love it he didn't chase him down he looks right at the 12 and says y'all gonna leave me too but Peter said no I've come to the place to know that there is no plan B Jesus for me there's no plan B there's no plan B for me I had to get to the place and say, God, there's no plan B for Eddie, but I am in this the whole route. I might have been stepped on, but I'm not stepping out. I don't care how many people step on me. I am not going to walk away from my assignment. I am not going to walk away from what God has called me to do. If I got to drop them rocks, I want to throw them so bad. I'm going to drop them because of the anointing and the assignment that you have given me. Come on, you need to stand to your feet today all over this place. Those of you that are watching online, don't log off. Don't turn it off. This is the most important part of the message right here because it's your turn to respond to the Holy Spirit. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.